This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So now Posey ranges away, and throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman here, as always, with Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. This is episode 76. This was an easy one, Shasky. 76. The Giants have 76 wins right now. Uh, for the record, we are recording this on Tuesday, September 19th at about 1 in the afternoon. Got to release this episode right away so you have time to listen to it before the Giants face the Diamondbacks tonight. Big series in Arizona for the Giants. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, if you're listening to it tomorrow, hopefully the, this episode <laughs> doesn't apply anymore and the Giants will have win number 77. Chasky, speaking of wins the Giants need to get, over the weekend, uh, I, I put out a little thread on Twitter and, and no one ripped me for it, so I clearly wasn't very good. Uh, I said the Giants need to get 84 wins if they want to get that sixth spot uh, in the wild card uh, or in the playoffs, uh, which means they need to go eight and four in these final t- uh, 12, and they got to sweep Arizona. Like That's basically where they are at right now. If they take one against Arizona, though, they will have the tiebreaker over the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, the Reds, and yeah, those three teams. And which means that if somehow all four of those teams end up with the exact same record at the end of the year, the Giants would get the sixth spot. So something to look forward to and be excited about if you are still in the whole mode of the Giants can make a playoff run. It's kind of hard to really feel like they have a run, though. And I want to talk about this past weekend in Colorado, Shasky, because this felt like one of the all-time blown chances the Giants have had in terms of, of a playoff chase and just falling flat on their face at the worst time in Colorado. I don't know how much of this weekend's games that you watch, but the Giants, they basically needed to take three or four in Colorado this weekend. And they, instead they lost three or four and probably should have been swept if we're being honest. No, they weren't swept, which was a nice win on Sunday, but it, it was a deflating series. Like there's no other way around it. And you know, it was uh it's hard to face the reality of where they're at currently. And I know that we've been hanging with this playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. And, and I understand that again, I, the whole time I understand the merit. And I understand anyone who's excited with the playoffs. I just look big picture. And it's like, how can you take a team seriously? That's fighting for a playoff spot and loses to that Colorado team. And especially the way that they lost too. So I don't know how much of Friday night's game that you saw. So 
for me personally, I got a home two hitter, a two hitter with your season on the line. Oh, it, w- it would have been so much funnier, though, too, if things had kind of bounced a different way. So I, I woke up from a nap, like a late nap. Um, I, I just conked out for like three, four hours on Friday uh, evening. Woke up in like the seventh inning. I saw the Giants were winning one nothing. Okay, that's cool. But they're winning without a hit in Coors Field, one nothing. Okay, I absolutely have to get the TV on right now because this is going to be the funniest win ever. Getting no hit but winning in Colorado, sign me up for that. <laughs> Instead, Shasky, that Friday night loss, they had an 85% chance to win that game going into the top in the ninth inning. And then, of course, as it always starts, as it usually always does when things fall apart, it started off with a Charlie Blackman at bat, which that guy, he is one of the all-time Giants killers, and I honestly respect him for it. The way that game ended, he gets on, Chris Bryant grounds out, Nolan Jones walks, then El Hurius Montero singles to uh, Mike Yastrzemski and left. Great throw by Yaz. The throw beats Blackman, but bounces off his leg, skitters away, and the Rockies win on a walk-off that way. Like that felt like one of the worst losses since the Ryan Spielborgs game way back in 2009. Like at first I was kind of like laughing at how comical that loss was, but then I started thinking about, it's like, Oh, that's one of that. That's going to be a loss. And if the giants miss the playoffs by a game or two, we're going to be circling that one as being like, that was an all time course field loss right there. And defense played a factor. And, you know, they told me that they were going to improve the defense last year. It was bad. No, it wasn't. They told me they were going to improve the hitting. It hasn't been improved. Like, again, you know, we could pick all the different metrics of how to quantify success or getting better as an organization. They've fallen flat. Poor Logan Webb. That was my thing from Friday night. I mean, this guy, he's living the Matt Cain life all over again. It's like the multiverse. Am I wrong? No, no, exactly. He, They're the pointing Spider-Man at each other. Like, yeah, he, he is. He's going to rip his mask off. It's going to be Matt Cain underneath. <laughs> you know, and honestly – He's a better man than me for not blowing his top multiple times. Just in general frustration, like forget at someone just being frustrated. You know, like I, I feel for him. I legitimately feel for him. That's about as good of a game as I've seen pitched at Colorado since when? It's been a while since we've had, I mean, what, would it be too dramatic to go back to Barry Zito shutout in 2012? Like that's, that's probably going back. To yeah. We probably had better, pretty good pitching performances at Coors Field since then. But here's the thing, yeah, you so rarely – the Giants' success at Coors Field has been so odd just to begin with. And then you've been getting good pitching performances at Coors Field too lately, and just all that goodwill just seemed to have been extinguished. you got to know Coors Field, no matter what it will giveth, at some point it is going to take, take it, away. it away. And there yeah. is nothing that should shudder Giants fans more than a four-game series in late September at Coors Field. So it, it was just – this was such a deflating weekend, though. I it just – again, I – Last week, the Giants had a really good opportunity to really kind of stack some wins. They had a 10-game stretch with the Rockies, Guardians, and Rockies. And for the most part, they got off to a great start there. They got off to that 5-1 and one start in those first yeah. games. They really just needed to, at worst split, best-case scenario, take three or four from the Rockies in Colorado, and they would have been in the thick of it going into this Arizona series. But now, again, you know, I say that 84 wins is that magic number. Yeah, I go 8-4 and four in these final 12. You know, you got these two in Arizona tonight. You basically have to sweep these because if you don't sweep, if you take only one, then you gotta go seven and three against the Dodgers and Padres in the final ten, and and you're going up against Zach Gallen and uh, Merrill Kelly. Like, think about the juxtaposition between we don't know who's starting for the Giants with the season on the line. Announced a starter yet, actually? Because we we mentioned on the show a starter TBD versus 
Hey, Zach Gallen, Cy Young Award candidate, year in, year out. I do have some good news. Uh, Alex Cobb has been announced as oh. the starter for tonight. And then Logan Webb will go tomorrow against Merrill Kelly. So Giants are going best on best with the rotation here. So they're at least doing that. You know, Gallon and Cobb, they're kind of the only two, you know, normal pitchers they have going in this rotation right now. We'll get to that more in a second. But, yeah, it's at the point where you basically have to sweep these two games because you don't know what the Dodgers and Padres are going to be bringing to the table uh, over the next week and a half. The Dodgers, they're locked in with the NL West division title. They're locked into that number two seed. So how much they'll try is is up for debate. Hopefully they just will kind of punt on those games. I think they should. Uh, the Padres, they're struggling this year. They're, they're a mess of a team. They seem to figure it out, though, when the Giants are on the field. The, the Giants have given themselves basically no margin for error here over these last 12 games. And this is a team that leads the league in errors. And I know that's not quite the same error, but at the same time, I feel like it's kind of representative. Like, a team that really cannot afford to make mistakes has shown over and over again that they're not good at avoiding those mistakes. I mean, who's playing great ball right now? Mike, Mike Yastrzemski? <laughs> Your guy, Mike Yastrzemski. Uh, Luis Matos has been pretty good. No, this- you know what? You're right. Matos has been a lot better. He's seen the ball better. A couple multi-hit games. I feel like he's playing good defensively. I, I did not like how much Kruko was ripping him for missing the cut the other night. I, that yeah. bugged me. That does. I mean, and that's the kind of thing, like, I, I – if you want to rip a guy for missing fundamental stuff like that, I get that. But at the same time, and this is kind of an issue I have here down the stretch, and you saw it again with, with Doval a bit on Friday night, and again on Sunday, I'll get to in a second. What's going on with the coaching with this team right now? Like, it's the end of September, and Matos isn't sure where he's supposed to throw the ball. Like, at what point is the coaching staff supposed to be working with these guys and developing these guys? I said last week, Shaz, when we were talking about the rookies, you've kind of thought they've stalled out. I still blame the coaching staff for that. This is a coaching staff. You have, you know, more, there's more coaches on the giant staff than I think there are employees at 95, seven, the game. And yet no one can teach these guys. Hey, make sure you're throwing the ball to this guy in this situation. Hey, Camilla, when there's the ball coming home from left field, make sure you're standing over here and not over there. It's simple things like that. Or it's just like these younger players, you're not coaching them up enough and you're seeing the development stall out. And now you're seeing like, when was the last time we said, thank God for Patrick Bailey. You know, it's been at least a couple I mean, weeks since we've said that. The other day they went with Blake Sable, and I know you got to play certain matchups, but it's like, what are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. I need my defense in there. I need a guy who knows how to man this staff right now. We, we can't be blowing any games. I, Sam, I'm, I, it's frustrating. I'm having a hard time. It, I am. Ha- it, I don't blame you. And a moment that kind of got me on Sunday. So I first off, I, I turn the game on. I watch him build that nine nothing lead. Cool. I'm gonna turn the Niner game on because clearly these guys got this wrapped up. <laughs> I check the Giants score later. It's like why haven't I gotten the final, you know, the, the game over notification yet? Shouldn't it, that be happening? I check the score. Eight. They won eleven to ten. Which my first thought is okay, classic course field game. And then I watch that ninth inning. Shasky, they had two outs. They're up eleven to eight. Chris Bryant hits a little dribbler down the first base. The line. dribbler that Camilo Duvall has to make a play on. He does have to make a play on that. It was his 30th pitch of the inning, and Duvall, he just he flubs it. He yes. flubs it. And I worry about Duvall right now. I think he's been vastly – I don't know if vastly – 100% agree. He's gassed. He is gassed. But that situation, if you're Gabe Kapler, you talk about putting guys in the best position to succeed. Duvall had a chance to end that game. He flubbed it. He's 30 pitches deep. He's pitched a lot already this year. Why aren't you taking him out? I get you want to show faith in him. 
That is a situation you got to take a guy out on, especially a young guy like Doval, who we know can get rattled sometimes when things really start to get intense. And he's only 25 years old. The guy's still got a ways to go before he hits kind of the the upper echelon that I think we all see him hitting at some point. So I mean, no, like I'm I'm willing to kind of give Doval more of a leash on these kind of mistakes. As I no, do I'm not mad at Doval. He's, he's been overused. But at the same time, like Kapler, you got to take him out there. And these are the bullpen decisions that luckily, again, he gives up a double the next at bat. Now it's a one run game. Taylor Rogers has to come in and finish things up. Luckily he did. But that's what it's like. If that game had gone south and the Giants got swept there, I mean, you just nuked your season because you can't give a quick enough, quick enough hook there. And that what kind of brings me to my Doval concerns right now, Shasky. And his innings pitched aren't that huge. And since August 1st, he's only thrown 15 innings. But he's really been struggling that time. A 480 ERA in that time. Uh, hitters are hitting 267 off them, which is pretty good. A 349 Babbitt. So a little bit of tough luck here and there. Mm-hmm. But what really concerns me about Camilo Duvall is not so much the innings pitched, because I think for the most part, the Giants have been pretty good at limiting innings pitched uh, for relievers up until the last three, four weeks. But Doval was kind of an exception in that he was throwing a lot more pitches. So far this season, Shasky, he's 17th in the league in pitches thrown amongst uh, relievers. He's not even in the top 30, though, of relievers innings pitched, though. So while he may not have a ton of innings thrown, comparatively speaking, he's throwing the ball a lot during these innings. And that's kind of the antithesis of what you're seeing with a lot of these other relievers where guys like, you know, Tyler Rogers, he's in the top, you know, uh, tier of innings pitched as among relievers, but he's not one of the league leaders in pitches thrones this year because he's a lot more efficient. Wouldn't and you agree? Kind of, yeah. Wouldn't you agree that toward the last month, it feels like he's reverting back to old Camillo where he doesn't trust certain pitches in certain situations and becomes very one pitch dependent and predictable. I would think so. Yeah, it does kind of look like he's getting into that situation. And I think with that, when he ha- when he doesn't have all of his pitches, he starts doubting himself there. Yes. He starts yes. to get a little wild. Call. I talked about that ninth inning on Sunday. You know, he gave up that dribbler to, to Bryant that he reached. He should be taken out. A few batters earlier, he clonked a guy on the side of the head. I know. Just hit him. He's just showing all sorts of these, like, red flags right now. And it's like, this is one of the few good things you have going for your, for your team right now point. or your future. And you're just driving him into the ground. Another guy who I'm really kind of concerned about is Ryan Walker. Uh, it seems like every time he's coming out right now to the mound, something bad is happening. This is a guy who's thrown a lot more innings than he's ever thrown in his career. He's doing it in weird roles that he's never really done ever. And, and hasn't embraced since day one. I, I, I think yes and no. He, he was against the opener at first. I think when he started doing well at it, um, he kind of talked about this when he came on the pod. He kind of started to embrace a little bit more. The yeah, I, Ryan Walker is that – He's a rookie, and this is something he said. I'm a rookie. I kind of don't really have much much choice to argue with these things. And and God bless him. The dude, he's got that uh, the, the spirit that you want in a Giants player. He he embraced the role as best as he could. I truly see Ryan Walker as being a seventh or eighth inning guy someday. Okay. He's got, I think, good stuff and great deception with that crossfire delivery. Stop using him in the beginning and middle of the games. Yeah, He's, he's another guy where it's just – the numbers aren't as bad. He's got a he's got a 429 Babbitt since August 1st. So he's been kind of screwed by some bad luck as well. But at the same time, like put him in a role that's better set for him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I the hear rest you. of your end going into next year. You're just you're putting him in a bad situation. So all this comes down to is that you got a team that's fighting still for a playoff spot, could still make the playoffs. And you got fans wondering whether or not you should make the playoffs or not. Shasky, I'll be in this. 
I really want the Giants to still make the playoffs, not just because I'm a fan and I want to see my team succeed, which I do do, contrary to popular belief. I do do. I do do. (laughs) Um, But no, the reason I want to see the Giants make the playoffs is I really want to make a mockery of that sixth spot of the in the in the MLB playoffs. I really don't (laughs) like the fact they expanded the playoffs like they did. It felt like a cheap money grab. And I feel like the Giants getting that sixth spot and maybe they even win a playoff series would just be like, you see, this is why you don't expand the playoffs just for a cheap money grab. Interesting. Look, we can have a bigger philosophical Major League Baseball conversation about diluting for that last playoff spot. Just to me, my overall, if we're going to have a bigger MLB conversation and the Giants are wrapped in there for about a month and a half, we feel like we're all face planting to the finish line, right? Like baseball's divisions have been pretty wrapped up. Is there any division in baseball that's up for grabs right now? AL West has three teams within a game of each other. The Mariners, Astros, and Rangers. There, that could be Which a would have been the same way had we ended the season on August 31st, correct? That'd pretty close. It'll be interesting. I mean, that's going to be a fun one to see down. But would you agree with football and everything going on right now? Does feel like this last month of giant of, of baseball, it gets kind of lost in the shuffle. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's – I always remember back in 2010 reading an article about how, you know, Major League Baseball season's over. You know, uh, Yankees, I guess, are the World Series champions because football's starting. That's This isn't just a now thing. 13 years ago, people had this, well, football's here, baseball's irrelevant attitude. I mean, the thing is, if the only solution there is less MLB games, and the entire league has just walked out of the room the minute you just said that. No, no, like, no. Apparently from David Sampson, who does this for a living, the only team that was fighting against this for many, many years was the San Francisco Giants. Why? Because of their huge season ticket fan base. I'd love to get him on the podcast during the offseason to really talk about these kinds of things. Actually, yeah, he would kind of be fun to get in there, too. So I think we can do a really good show with him. That would be good. Actually, I'll, I'll get on that. Doing some on-air producing right there. Yeah, sorry. So I just as I pound my glove. No, they are they are face planning at the end, and it does feel like it's so hard to like. I, I think there's some argument to be made that like, why do you want to see this team make the playoffs if they're just going to get swept out of it? Again, this is where the whole "well, anything could happen" thing really pops up in baseball and. Shasky, it's not unrealistic to really kind of dream that way if the Giants sneak in. They would be going to Milwaukee. They won three of four in Milwaukee mm-hmm. when they went there earlier this year. They were five and two against the Brewers this season. They've done pretty well against the Brewers the last couple of years. It's not that hard to imagine, you know, Logan Webb, Alex Cobb going out those first two games, and then maybe they bullpen that third game. And then you got a division series that will be against the Dodgers, a Dodgers team that's kind of scuffling right now and will be coming off a five-day layoff. Shasky, did you know that – in the history of the wild card era, uh, 16 teams have had at least five days off during the playoffs. Wow. Uh, those teams are seven and nine in the next uh, in the ensuing playoff series. Since 2005, 11 teams have had that five day layoff. Those two teams are two and nine in those ensuing really? playoff series. Bye weeks of baseball do not work. All right, which is another reason why I don't understand why they expanded the playoffs like they did to include the bye week. When again, you're going to put players on ice before the most important games of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Will Clark what that was like. Remember when he had to sit on yeah. ice for 10 days in the 89 Worlds, you know, before the 89 World Series? Or ask Justin Verlander about the 2012 World Series. Yes. You know, all-time teams with long layoffs in the playoffs, where a team with sorry, all-time when a team faces another team that had, you know, more days off than the other, the team with more days off went 
42 and 46 in those playoff series. That's a 436 winning percentage. Last year, you had the Braves and Dodgers, 200 win team teams. They got knocked out in the National League Division Series. Uh, the Astros barely got by, and so did the Yankees. And those were all, you know, teams that had the buys. So if the Giants could sneak through that first round, maybe they get a cold Dodgers team. You start to see how this can maybe kind of snowball into a weird playoff run. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen though. Cause I just <laughs> <laughs> I'm all excited about it by the same. It's just, it starts with these two games in Arizona. It really does. You're putting, you got Cobb, you got Webb, you got as good of a chance as you could possibly get to go into this weekend against the Dodgers in as good of a situation as you can. It's on the giants to execute. And at the end of the day, this is basically a long winded way of saying that through all these struggles, through all this face planning, somehow yeah. the giants still control their own destiny. They do. They do. Which is, Almost miraculous. Yeah. I mean, it's almost miraculous, but unlikely. Where, where do you fall down on all the, you know, you got to make the playoffs for it to be a successful season. We've seen minor bits of success, but overall I'm left very disappointed. Like even if they make the playoffs, let's say they lose in a three game series, you know, uh, you lose two games, you're done. Boom. Season's over. Is that success? No. And this is where I get, I kind of rail against the diluting of the playoffs because it does kind of make making the playoffs a little bit less important, right? I think I'll always remember the, the thing that's kind of popping in my head. I remember when I was back covering the sharks um, after their, uh, their Stanley cup run, uh, it was like March. They clinched the playoff spot. I'm in the locker room after the game. And I asked Martin Jones, who's the goalie at the time. Hey, you guys clinched the playoff spot tonight. How do you feel about that? He's like, Oh, I didn't even realize it. Thanks for letting me know. Because in hockey, like half the league makes the playoffs. So you don't <laughs> care. Like you have so many teams making the playoffs now that you get the 60. You don't like, Whoop de doo, you're in. It's like it's like if you're in the playing tournament in the NBA. Yeah, you're in, but what's that really doing for you? Yeah. I think it puts the Giants in a really unfair position because this is a team that, for all intents and purposes, should be focusing on playing their young players right yeah. now and getting those guys more at bats before going into the next season. But instead, they're kind of you know almost conscripted into this playoff chase that they really should not be in because Major League Baseball expanded the field. And so they're trying to get this playoff spot that competitively speaking, you have to want to go for, even though it might not be in their best interest. It's a weird situation. It really that's, that's, is. That's true. I think you're spot on on that. I, I I don't know, man. I've had a really tough time this year. I, I just, I, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer. It's just been very difficult for me, you know, trying to follow this team. And I feel very conflicted on so many fronts. I want them to be a special, great organization. And they just feel so far away. And yet at the same time, I also want to grasp at any kind of team success because I don't want to be some hater of my team. I love my team. I want them to go to the playoffs. Like these are few and far between. They went to the playoffs three times when they won the World Series, the one time in 2016 when they lost, two times in the early 2000s, if you will, and then on in 2000, three times, I guess. Like less than 10 times in 25 years. So for me to sit here and like scoff at the playoffs – feels like I'm being spoiled. You know what I mean? It, yeah, I agree with you there. And it, it should be like, and this is where my frustration comes in with kind of with the higher ups is that if they can make the playoffs this year and they'll champion it as, as a success, but then they'll miss the playoffs next year. But it's like, well, hey, we made it in 2023. Yeah. The expectation should not be, well, hey, we made the playoffs at one time. Jesse, you said what, 10 times in the last however many years? Give or take. So you got, you've got the four times during Bochy's run, the fifth time when they made it in 2021, and then 2000, 2002, and 2003. And 97. 
So in my lifetime, that's what nine, ten times they've been to the and playoffs. Then Ninety-eight was a one-game playoff. Yeah, the Dodgers have done that ten of the last eleven years, and we're talking about how oh, ten times in the last thirty years they've yeah. done great. Like really yeah, easy no, expectation. Good counter. Like, things need to change. But but, but let me play the devil's advocate to the Dodgers thing, and I'm yeah. not I'm not here to like like that's our rival, and I get it. We measure ourselves up to them. How many times have the Rockies, Padres, and Diamondbacks made the playoffs in the last 25 years? If I added them all up, I think the Giants have done it more than all three of those teams combined. I Except the thing is, if you look at the NLS hierarchy right now, like, like the Dodgers are up here. Yeah. And then those three teams are down here. If I were to – this hand is the Giants. Am I more yeah. up here or am I more down here? Like which, which part of the closer am I closer to? But you do have three titles. So, like, I'm – do you see what I'm saying? I'm so There's, conflicted. I am too, but, again, it's – the way you unconflict yourself is that this regime did not win these championships. That's so true. They, they don't get the goodwill that comes with it. That's, I think no, that's, that's a good way of putting it, Sam. So.